Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, Miles, we mm-hmm. are thrilled and fortunate to be joined in our third seat by one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore, the mountain featuring the faces of our fan favorite Daily Zeitgeist guest that's being built in my garage out of Legos and Play-Doh mm. and Spit. Uh, he is the host of the podcast, The Worst Idea of All Time, in which he watched Grown Ups 2, Sex in the City 2, once a week for a year, uh, Till Death Do Us Blart which is going to be going on for the rest of his life, I believe. <laughs> Once a year, he will be watching Paul Blart 2 until he expires. Um, he is the hilarious stand-up comedian who you've probably seen making fun of American accents on his Comedy Central Yeah, what special. the fuck? The fuck is up with that, bro? <laughs> uh, he is the brilliant and talented Guy Montgomery! Hey, What's it's, up? Oh, wow, it's, it's all true. I just think <laughs> you guys talk funny. Obviously, <laughs> obviously not to you, but right. to me, to me. What's the fun? What's the funnest sound Americans make? I, uh, uh, you're always like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because <laughs> the thing I love about Kiwi yeah. accent is saying like when chips kind of becomes chups. Oh uh, yeah, or, yeah. We, or like we, any of that orange that you know oh, that sort of know, Australian I... kiwi sort of sound. Yeah, those are my favorites. But I guess it's just our oh yeah. We swap a lot of eyes for U's. Yeah. yeah, we don't even know we're doing it. And when we do it, no one down here polices it. We all just sort of we know what each other is saying. <laughs> you get it, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah. Not, <laughs> doesn't sound odd to the it's kiwi actually, ear. It turns. I out. hadn't I hadn't thought about it, but without traveling and our borders being closed, there's been a lot less um, sort of teasing about our hilarious cadence. Right. And, you know, we've all been striding around the country talking confidently. And then I, get, <laughs> I get an email that says, you want to come on the Daily Zeitgeist? And I say, sure, that sounds yeah. nice. I'm sure yeah. that won't be damaging for my self-esteem. Yeah. Right out the here gate. Here we are. Bang. We've had enough of your uh, yeah. <laughs> confident uh, speaking. Hey, it's hey, confident sick Kiwi deck accent. you built out here. <laughs> nice <laughs> cock. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Well, that's, that is that's not why people, That's why people get New Zealanders to say nice dick. Oh, yes. right. The the belief is that we're describing a um a penis. A penis. So, I pie, yeah, so penis obsessed as a people. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all, that's all Americans. Wait, I so I mean, the middleman. Guy, were you joking or not? You're saying like tourists come and and clown your accents on your land? Or not your uh, land, but you know, the where your people settled. Uh, people, yeah. Yeah, Australians mostly. Australians are like, um, they're uh, high school oh. bullies. They're like, you so are like Australia the... to Canada. Oh, right. right. So, like, <laughs> so it is kind of true, like that relationship that they showed in Flight of the Concords. Yes, they love to ruffle our hair and yeah. tell us it's all okay. And it was all okay. <laughs> Keitha comes over. Yeah, yeah. Before they ruffled our hair, it was fine. <laughs> uh, we like to ask our guest. Mike, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? I was searching the Clippers because I was trying to find a way to watch the game. And I don't have 
cable or whatever this Bally's network is that apparently bought all the Clippers games. Mm. Last oh, yeah, that like bought Fox Sports or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I learned all of this very quickly last night when I realized that a national playoff basketball game I couldn't watch because I live in the city that the team plays in and I don't have the right wires coming into my house. Yeah, right. Yeah, there were a lot of people talking about like how they ran the the NBA scheduled the Lakers game and the Clippers game at the same time. Same damn time. Yeah, yep. it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty. And I know there's a lot of puzzle pieces with stuff being on the West Coast and, you know, all the moving parts with all the games was the first round. So there's like all of these series happening once. But you you figure they wouldn't even be on the same day. Right. Let yeah. alone at and the same time. them. And this yeah. is game two of round one. There, yeah. This was unavoidable. It's not like this is, you know, one team's in the first round, game seven, and the other team's in it. Like, this is just straight up, this was the plan all along. Mike, are you a Clippers fan? Uh, I I think so, or I thought I was. <laughs> now I'm, I'm just oh, man. confused, man. I'm yeah. just confused. Like, I have no idea what's happening. They seem cursed. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it's too dangerous to root for them now because who wants who wants heartbreak that is for sure coming? Right. right. And for people who don't know or might not be interested, you know, one of the big things going into this postseason with the Clippers is that they tanked because, you know, some, some oh, they, they, they tried to manipulate their record so they wouldn't have to face the Blazers. They didn't want they wanted to avoid stronger opposition. So they wanted to face the Mavericks. And now they're down to nothing in the series to the yeah, Mavericks. They're getting their asses handed to them by yeah. the people who they who they chose. Right. And the and, and and it's weird because I was talking to Jack earlier off mic. I was like, psychologically, you don't want to go in like strategizing oh. if you're if your intent is to say, no, actually, I believe this is the team that's the best in the league. It shouldn't matter who the fuck you play, because at the end of the day, you're going to prove that through your wins. But to right. then strategically avoid. Oh, Ty Lu, Come on now. Mm, it's rough. Sorry, buddy. But, you know, yeah. maybe he's just a he's an undercover Laker in disguise. It's so it's so wild, like the the fact that the Clippers are down 2-0 to to the Mavericks to like a team that I think I think most people had the Clippers winning that series. It it really does make you ask questions about like the psychology around both that, like the team that you're playing, realizing that you wanted to play them because you didn't respect them enough. Right. And then the psychology around like playing for what is supposedly a cursed franchise. Well, if you watch The Last Dance, I think what we should all take away is you don't make people angry on purpose. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Just don't do that. Yeah. Because they Turns will make athletes reasons. have a good job of turning that into fuel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, they, I think there's a reason that the team that broke the curse for the Boston Red Sox were affectionately known as the idiots. Like, there, <laughs> there's like something psychologically complex in sports about like playing for a cursed franchise and you just have to either like, stupid your way through that or just had like through sheer tyranny of will like i'm sure lebron would be able to do that i mean he did that with the Cavs, but not to piss off clippers fans even more but <laughs> i mean come on uh what is something you think is overrated the los angeles clippers yeah. <laughs> it's rough i think man. they're overrated so we don't have we don't have to stay on them i just no i, I to double I don't down mind. on it we're, we have three basketball fans talking right now, and this is what's, <laughs> what's happening right now. I'm I'm on the other side of that lifelong Laker fan, so I I love it. Uh, this mm. is when I become my most toxic because a lot of the times <laughs> I'm I love the relationship between like a franchise that defines themselves based on someone else. 
Mm. And I just love to see it backfire. But part of me also like on paper, I'm like, they, I'm like scared of the Clippers until oh, I yeah. see the results. And then I'm like, hmm, let's, well, it's up and down. I guess. They should be one like really good. I'll be surprised if they lose the series still because I just feel like Kawhi will put it together. But man, it, it was the last weird. person to go two games down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then come back, win. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, man. How are you feeling? But, I mean, what's I mean, what, you, you, Mike? You look lost. Even as we talk about this, I just I feel like you're watching like old Darius Miles highlights playing through your head. Or <laughs> well, I mean, I did have to watch the game in my own mind last night. That is that is part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't actually see it, so I'm just like watching Google for information and live uh, score right. coverage. I don't even know how to pirate stuff anymore. That's oh, what that's a, that was a NBA tough streams. realization. Really? Allegedly. See, I didn't. I didn't know. Allegedly, <laughs> Allegedly don't get Allegedly, that. Allegedly, uh, but also, hey, Zeit Gang. Well, holler at holler at Mike on Twitter uh, with some info because there is plenty of ways because it's the same thing like Spectrum Sports. They're like, oh, you're a Laker yeah. fan in L.A.? <laughs> 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 what, do you want to watch your team? Where, yeah, you have to just work around these greedy broadcasters. Yeah, I got I got caught out there yesterday. I didn't know what to do. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I only caught, I caught like highlights and then at the end of the Laker game, they like cut to, you know, they started watching it on the TNT bro- or the whatever the really? broadcast was. Yeah. So you could get like yeah. the last couple minutes where like Charles Barkley like, oh man. <laughs> and they weren't even, it was funny because they were, they were just watching and they weren't really giving commentary, but it was commentary in that this is what it sounds like when the four of them are watching something passively. Mm. Right. Lakers fans, uh, Miles, you said you were a lifelong Lakers fan and that that's true. You had to live through those tough times when. They were the 500 Fundies. where Kobe was still putting up like 81 in no, certain games. No, stop, and, stop, stop. I was here. I was you here were there for the that Randy one year Fundies. when Magic Johnson like was. In, uh, <laughs> y'all are. Uh, Lakers fans are so. I know my fucking history, man. Like I've right, been right. fucking down. I've, I've, <laughs> I've held ashes in my hands and been like, what is happening? And then, yeah. The pendulum right, swung the other right. way, and now you know I'm I'm using this to completely become an insufferable fuck. So well, I'm a Bulls fan, so I have no sympathy yeah. for you at all. We haven't won anything in my adult life. Yeah, <laughs> the one loss in the playoffs. The the Lakers lost their first game of the playoffs, and I was getting the texts from uh, Lakers fans being like, "What is Vogel doing?" <laughs> right away. See, these yeah, are people with no. They're passionate. Con- no context of what a postseason even looks like. Right. It's like right. we only did a couple of times. I think it was like against that one series against Iverson where we like went winning every single game on the way to the finals. And then when we lost, we we're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that one loss again, like one of those hard things that Lakers fans had to live through when they lost yeah. that one game to Iverson. <laughs> uh, that was hard, man. That must but have shaken your everyone. faith. You swept everyone else that year. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, these are the same people who were texting me last year being like, Vogel should be fired like halfway through a run to the playoffs where they won the championship yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like back. They're like, this guy, what the, what is he doing? And it's like, you'd think that it would build up faith, but I don't know. Lakers fans. I don't call for heads like that. <laughs> like that's not, any, I, I'll let it play out. Anytime somebody's coaching LeBron, like part of their job description is to take all the blame for everything. Right. Because, you know, that we all think that LeBron's really coaching the team and that guy's just standing there with <laughs> right. clipboard. That's right. That's right. Like Ty Lue. Famously LeBron. in that one picture where he's like outside the huddle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yo, uh, can Jumping I on someone's up? back. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is underrated? 
Uh, I think it's underrated, and it, this is again Grey's Anatomy related, and that is all you will be getting from me today is Grey's Good. Anatomy content. So I hope you like it. It is underrated that I I really like that men have to be hot now. Um, that's nice that that standard has now been applied to all genders. It's just that everybody has to be hot because it used to be that if you were watching a movie and they introduced a guy, you couldn't tell if he was supposed to be hot until you heard the music <laughs> cue yeah. or saw the main character's reaction. Because a lot of the time they would present you with like a really average looking guy. Right. Not an ugly guy, yeah, just a regular looking guy. Uncle. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but then the characters would be like, oh, he's fine or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you'd have to see that to know because they were just like, yeah, we can't find any hot guys. We just right. don't know where to find them. Or the, white, now, or the white guy who, like, the white cis heterosexual guy who, like, was directing the movie just, like, didn't give a shit. I was like, that guy's yeah. probably hot, right? Like, yeah, yeah, this like, guy's fine. Or yeah, the director's like, the like guy me, can't be like, hotter than me because I want to yeah. think I <laughs> right. can fuck these people in my mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, like, where would we be without this move? Someone lowering their glasses? To be like, yeah, we'd be nowhere. Excuse him. Miles That's just had some sunglasses. Just pulled pulled some shades from the. I've ether. got all kinds of props, you know, yeah. around here. <laughs> we can we can we can do a terrible improv scene. If Mustaches. You like. Wait, now he has giant scissors. What are you doing with those giant <laughs> oh, scissors? <laughs> cut it out, Jack. <laughs> I felt like on Sex in the City, though, too. That's when I would always see like norm core ass dudes, and they're like, oh. Fuck. And I'm like, why? Because yes. he's a suit Big. and he's a lawyer. Like, what yeah. the fuck are y'all talking about? Yeah, it was. But it took the reaction weird. for me it's to weird. say, like, oh, that's what's hot. And then, For you to understand what's supposed you know, to be hot. Actually, now that you say that, I think about the confusion that overcame me as like a pubescent boy being like, this is what they're feeling? Like, right. this is what's hot? I'm like, oh, yep. I'm in trouble then. Because I'm yep. not, I don't look like some fucking little league coach. Well, sometimes <laughs> I would see that and I would be like, Am I hot? Because <laughs> I'm hotter than that guy, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't think I'm hot, but like, if that's the standard, but there was a completely different standard for girls and guys. And now, sure. because Absolutely. of, you know, now we have YouTube beauty tutorials. Nobody has an excuse to not know what to put on their face. How to alter Nobody your has face an excuse. with paints. Yeah, how to alter your face with paints, how to moisturize your skin, how to dress. All this information yeah. is on the internet now. And uh, it's also thanks to a lot of people working very hard, there's more people of color on TV, so you don't just have to go with the best-looking white guy. Now right. you can go with the best-looking any-race guy, which really widens your field to the yeah. hottest of the hot. Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. Reggae Jean from uh, fucking what's the, uh, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting a fight with Her Majesty. I was like, "Yo, like you think I could be I could be in a show like him?" And she's like, "Hell no." I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Thank you Woo! for keeping it 100 though. I get it. He's beautiful. Anna is yelling in the chat to be hornier when we talk about him. <laughs> that, Anna, oh, yeah, I that, am horny. That is, this is, is the most yeah. specific uh, note we've ever gotten from Anna. <laughs> Actually, our producer. Be hornier. Anna is always she's consistent with this one. She's like, if we're talking reggae, John, get the horniness up. Right. Hold on. I'm uh, I'm going to my Zoom recorder and turning well, up the is horny dial. It's difficult to identify with when you're talking about him and just not not being horny look you're either gonna get horny you're gonna get down on yourself i i right. turned off my sploosh mic so you can't hear <laughs> yeah yeah what's going on that's right 
<laughs> the sploosh mic that we do usually ask that uh, all guests have a sploosh mic. Yeah. You know, just it's a lob. The whole... It's a lob. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a, a lob. <laughs> it's a lab lob. It's a no, lob clip yeah. to my lab. It's actually one of those and, uh, uh, like omni mics that they use in NFL games on the sidelines. Uh-huh. <laughs> just right. <to> yeah. Focused <laughs> sound. No matter it's what. It's just a, a mic I shove up there. And, uh, it's channel two, but uh, I turned it down. All right, I turned it way down. Yeah. <laughs> For all my production people out there. Chris, what's yes. something that you think is overrated? Uh, celebrities. Oh, wow. Yes. Even though you even though you have a famous Twitch show called Brew Got Me Like on Even Tuesdays, though I but myself this week on wanted my whole life to be a celebrity because I thought it would solve all my problems. My whole life, I thought <laughs> that I wanted to be a celebrity because it, it would give me love without me having to do any work. Right. I have found out that. <laughs> also, I used to be an alcoholic, Joel, you don't know. So as part of my alcoholism, I was like, what better way to be an alcoholic than be a celebrity? Because then you have handlers, you have like a team, you know, of uh, enablers. RDJ met his wife that way. Who did? She, Robert Downey Jr.'s wife was his handler. There you go. Set. And that's exactly right. Because I don't want to have to meet people. I don't want to have no, to yeah. like put myself out there. I just want my handler to fall in love with me because I'm a celebrity. Done. That's I exactly right. That's what I wanted. And I'll never, I'll always have love and I'll never have to do any work. And no rejection. No rejection. Who's going to leave oh, that orbit? Everyone's favorite place on earth. N- the land of no rejection and failure. Exactly. Also <laughs> the land of no action as well. It's weird how that works. Right. But I mean, no one's going to leave your orbit if you're a celebrity because it's unlimited snacks. That's Until true. your Twitch show, Cold Brew Got Me Like, doesn't start doing as well there's, as you used to. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll see who's your real friends. There's always, there is always a cliff bar within reach when you're a celebrity for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that enough true. to keep your significant other around and even if you're a monster even if you're a monster <laughs> you're like he free bases all the time but i get free cliff bars yeah and these like backpacks we get for free i don't know yeah and free backpacks full like cologne and stuff and like free and, you like, need it too <laughs> i can hollywood's overrun with them yeah <laughs> i have a i have a coffee mug that you can charge your phone uh by plugging your phone into it i got it uh, i got it at the kids <laughs> choice awards so Anyway, the idea that celebrities, uh, first of all, yeah, because as, as an addict, you're thinking, I used to honestly think that, like, listen, if I get out of hand, I can go to a, you know, a mud bath or whatever. It promises. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. and they'll and just then, call it exhaustion. Right. And then I can go back to my other lifestyle. So and they'll also like I can go to the doctor whenever I want. And they can check if I'm dying or whatever. And then they mm-hmm. say you're not dying. And then I can do coke. They'll Yeah, you're not yeah. dying, but your heart can't handle any kind of amphetamines. I will say that you don't. Yeah, all right, doc, but I'm not dying. So I wanted to hear. Oh, right. Thanks. It's not. Okay? Deep, no, it's not. It's a good idea. Any of it. None of it's a good idea at all. <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. That I'm going to do coke and then find out if I'm still alive and then do coke again. But I really wanted to. I thought figured if you're rich, you could have a doctor in your house. I mean, look at Michael right. Jackson, poor Michael Jackson and his own doctor. It was like, you know, give me propofol. And he's like, I can't say no to the king of pop. Yeah. What are we going to say no that. to someone? Even yeah, though I was like, put me to sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> say no at all. But yeah, that's put me to sleep. What did you handler? So what happened? Did you come out the other side? What's your vision now that you have okay. this take? So here's my you, take. My take yeah. is that it was seeing the it was seeing the the Academy Awards, and mm. it was lovely because it looked ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> it looked ridiculous. Everyone involved in it looked like an egomaniac. No one wanted to see uh, Glenn Close do debut or whatever the hell she that was doing. Awkward. Yeah, True. it's because they're <laughs> fools. Celebrities are nothing but the worst of us in a way. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they're not talented. Some of them I love. 
but the culture is absurd. And this pandemic revealed celebrities to be just what they are, which is completely narcissistic versions of ourselves. And yeah. and once they were stuck at home, they just look like assholes because they were just like kind of people like <laughs> they were just like kind of people. <laughs> no, 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 sorry, no, I got to no, settle I got down. You. I got no. you. But, you know, I remember like, when they did that uh, Imagine All the People video at the top of the pandemic. That was, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, In no. my head was Gal Gadot <laughs> when I was thinking that shit right there. <laughs> Yes, it's like this person just spends too much time on their makeup and their hair. This is not someone I should be my that should be my they hero. They are even doing their own makeup and hair. Listen, celebrities have far too much time because people will a organize their life. B, they're the revenue stream for like at least six people. Once you're like at a certain level of oh, celebrity, yeah. Yeah. and those people are gonna make sure you get to where you need to go. So don't worry about driving anywhere. They're gonna send a car for you. Mm -hmm. uh, your hair and makeup, they'll do that. If you haven't showered, they might even scrub you, or oh, yeah. they'll just deal with your stink. Whatever is easiest yep. for the general team, right? They're gonna pick out your clothes. So you don't have to worry about that. People, we talked about this the other day. We were offended when a celebrity came to our office and had to pay for their own parking mortified we're like what's happening yeah. like, why did that happen oh, they can't pay they couldn't possibly this person exponentially wealthier <laughs> than any of us couldn't yeah. possibly pay guest. for and, yeah. it, and it's the whole world opens up to you and it's like on the one hand uh, you don't want to feel bad for a celebrity because they have all of the options right and so of course not but at the same time like that world is so preconditioned that once you like if you're even just a little bit talented and you somehow get swept up into this thing like that's it you're off the, the Extra exceptional celebrity may be like, you know what? I don't like a Sinead O'Connor was like, I was really smart to tear up that picture of the Pope because I just got to go back home and chill where that's where I like. Yeah, to be. that like, was I, interesting. She was like, I made a smarter decision yeah. for my career canceled. by stepping out she of did. the spotlight. She got canceled so, so mm -hmm. hard for that. She's like the only person who really got canceled in history. Well, that's yeah, there's a few articles I saw that. That's yeah, like a major. Like, I don't know if you remember Sinead O'Connor. Like, that's a that was a cancellation. Oh yeah, yes, she got yeah. fucked just for ripping up a picture of the Pope, which is completely righteous. There's yeah. nothing yes. wrong with. I mean, in retrospect, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and even at the righteous. time, I was like, who cares about the goddamn Pope? It's like right. tearing up a picture of Queen Elizabeth. And now or we whatever. have Congress people who are like, well, they may have been 17 at the time. I don't know. Is oh, it trafficking? And we're over here like, I don't know. Yes. No, oh, yes, fuck. it is trafficking. There's not debate for this. But to your point about the celebrity thing, yeah, it's, you know, on some level, it's like, sure, the people themselves, they become whatever celebrity culture makes them, right? You know, sure. because it's not that they're, the, like, on some level, yes, some people who be, get reach that level of celebrity will begin to really, I think, switch gears into what they believe a celebrity is. And then you always have to look for people who try and maintain their humanity through it. Oh, yeah. there are, like, versions where I'm surprised at how, like, humble some people are. Not to say that mm -hmm. it, it, it's all varying depending on who you are, but sure. that there's also just, like, this thing that they also are uncomfortable with what celebrity culture is and what that means to other people where some like, you know, you'll meet people like, no, nah, I'm just a, I'm just a person. Thank you so much. Like, I can get that. Thanks. No, nah, shout like, out to all the celebrities who refuse to show their kids. Uh, I feel like that's mainly who we're talking about. <laughs> so celebrities yeah. are like, no, my child is not a commodity. It's a person. Please leave right. them alone. Let them develop in private. But I think we also are learning, like you're saying, Chris, too, that when we're all stripped down to like what we really need as human beings looking at celebrities like it just feels very vapid or it, it doesn't have yeah. like, any substance to it or nourishment because like you're saying it's like these projections of our own egos that we wish to maybe be or can't be therefore yeah. it's easy to be invested in this version of a person that we think you know it's <laughs> also ooh. to be sympathetic to them the new media landscape has made it so like uh, say the oscars it used to be like 
best picture, you really were often like, oh, wow, that, th- those people really did some work, you know? And now best picture is like Mario Kart starring, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like Glenn Close. I don't even know why Glenn Close do, did the butt. I didn't even watch it, but I saw, you know, all the takes, of course, because I'm a take and Questlove addict. are best friends, and he called her up, and he was like, yo, Glenn, please. Please do this for the culture. Are they best friends? No, they're not. I'm making the oh. story. <laughs> I was like, that's a better version of Snoop and Martha. <laughs> Glenn Close and Quest Love. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of a very elevated duo there. Like, I'm actually oh, like, I want to see that dinner party. So anyway, yes. my punchline that I wrote down was basically, during the pandemic, I found out that the real celebrities are deer and bears. Wait. I, what? From hiking. From hiking, I was so oh. much more excited. You know who's got more oh. to offer? You know who's got more to offer than Glenn Close doing the butt? A deer, a real deer in the forest. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I just realized that the real celebrities are animals. Yeah. Like actual animals in nature, nature. birds and shit. I'm so much more excited to see a bear. I saw bears, Joel. I went, I went <laughs> hiking a bunch during the pandemic yeah. for the first time. And that was just a shift. You know what I mean? I mean, my yeah. point, my, I guess my point was, you know what? Who's not, I don't want to see, I love that I'm just making this all about Glenn Close doing the butt. I don't want to see <laughs> Glenn really Close. Angered you. That's I don't, I didn't, I didn't even see it. I just saw the takes. I never see anything. I just see the takes. Uh, so I never watch anything. Anymore, anyway, except for, don't have time. Except love for, the I'm takes. too love busy looking for a diner audio from 1976. <laughs> right. Man ordering eggs, 1974. Rough audio. Raw, raw footage of man ordering <laughs> eggs. So uh, anyway, I, I just think that for me, there was a shift toward like, uh, you know, away from celebrity culture, which I liked because I like celebrities, too. And I love pop culture, but it just shifting to the woods literally, you know, was kind of fun. I'm yeah. waiting for the first Bear Vogue cover. Uh, exactly. Amazing. I would vote for Christian Seriano to style it. Let's go. all right we're gonna take a quick break and be back with one more because look we got got a lot of runway when we're landing the crofton plane uh we'll be right back uh stick around and we're back and let's check in with our old friend amy cooper I mean, she's like maybe she her face is definitely on the like Mount Karen more like of <laughs> the most famous Karens. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird time because she wasn't like Barbecue Becky or some of the other ones. Right. The, like Lemonade Lisa, some of the other famous white women who would just sort of, you know, meddle and just call the police on people doing things like having a barbecue or selling lemonade and shit like that. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think because this shit went down the same day George Floyd was murdered. So, you know, rightfully so, the reaction, it got the reaction it deserved. And if you don't remember, it was Christian Cooper. He's a bird watcher. He was in the Bramble of Central Park where it's posted everywhere. You got to have your dogs on a leash. And a lot of bird watchers like to go there. And when your dogs are not on leash, they can chase the birds away. And now you've got your fucking day wasted because this person got the dog off the leash. So if you remember, the video was him just being like, hey, do you mind putting your dog on the leash? Like, you're not supposed to have the dogs off leash in this section of the park. And she's like, ah! <laughs> oh, 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 this black man oh. is attacking me. Yeah, and then like you know, if you remember, she was like yanking the dog around by the leash, and people were like, yeah. "Yo, yo, yo! You're not even paying attention to your dog. You're just like flinging it around." So it led to you know she lost her job. 
believe the dog was even taken away the because it like taken you don't even not a handle a dog on a leash. Um, and you know, she and she even had a kind of apology that she did publicly. I'll read it just so you can because I think this is a good primer to understand where she's at now. So the starts off really clear. I sincerely and humbly apologize to everyone, especially to that man. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Kiki Palmer. Um, I'm sorry to that man uh, and his family. <laughs> it was unacceptable. And I humbly and fully apologize to everyone who's seen that video. Everyone that's been offended. Everyone who thinks of me in a lower light and I understand why they do. When I think about the police, I'm such a blessed person. I just, I'll, I don't even need to read anymore. She says, I've come to realize that I'm afforded a different luxury in my interactions than with the police than other people might be. And then ends it with, I reacted emotionally and made false assumptions about the, about his intentions when, in fact, I was the one who was acting inappropriately by not having my dog on a leash. I'm well aware of the pain that misassumptions and insensitive statements about race cause. Mm. Cut to... She's suing her bosses and former employer for wrongful termination, and she was discriminated against. Oh, no. Yeah. She's really the victim. Let's think about it here. I mean, Uh she, you know, poor thing. Yeah. I think her lawyers are that band Prodigy who are like, inhale, (laughs) you're the victim. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's right. This is in her lawsuit. She says, Franklin Templeton is a company she, she worked for, characterized a former employee as racist for calling the police on a black bird watcher whom she had words with while walking her dog in Central Park. Oh, we, oh okay. Uh, they're right. saying We're, that was the problem is that they categorized it as racist. Uh-huh. Amy uh-huh. Cooper said the May 25th incident was spurred by her fear of the bird watcher, Christian Cooper, who she says had a history of, quote, aggressively confronting, end quote, dog owners for walking their dogs off leash. She even goes on to say that she can even back up her scary black man claims with a testimony from a fellow black man that would oh. also attest to Christian Cooper's scariness uh, oh, for being God. like, hey, have some respect for the bird. What? Like, I don't I don't I still don't understand the, what is so scary. But, yeah, that's it. I'm wondering uh, if, out. like, part of their strategy is to wait a year and hope that we don't remember what we saw in that video, because, like. She is talking to the police and being like, a black man is like, a, I forget if she says accosting me or attacking me, but like, whatever it is, she's definitely u- she's weaponizing trying. the description of this person on mm-hmm. the phone to the police, Absolutely. which is why everyone's like, you know, you know what the fuck you're doing? You're saying I can call police and that's why you should stop telling me what I can and cannot do. That is not your place as a black person telling me a white person if whether or not I should have my dog on the leash. And that, you know is what it boils down to. And even her employer was like, yeah, uh, we're, we're fu- like, we don't have anything to say. The video speaks for itself. Right. End yeah. quote. Her lawyer's oh. fucked up because it should have been like, we're suing her workplace for discrimination. They were discriminating against Cuckoo for Cocoa Post people. Are you kidding me? My God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the discrimination And they should have been. definitely used that language too. Yeah. Uh, Cuckoo, Cuckoo for, for Cocoa, Cocoa <laughs> It's a mental health issue after all. Right. Yes. General yes. Mills. Brought to you by General Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! But yeah, she's also suing for her lost wages and like a bonus that she thinks she would have got. Uh, twenty twenty. Okay, I'm sure every every company is doing buku numbers in twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> she also says like the termination caused obviously much trauma and pain and distress as well. Sheesh! This lawsuit is not bussing bussing respectfully. <laughs> Sorry. It's so funny because she it's like we're watching someone like find out about the Internet in real time. 
Right. Like, right. <laughs> but I feel like this yeah. isn't even the internet. This isn't like a clip taken out. This is a three minute long clip where her actions are so clear. So she's claiming that she was discriminated against by like someone showing her behavior to lots of people. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the only thing right. that happened. So it's. I mean, look, I'll I'll play the video really quick just so you can hear. She's because a lot of in her lawsuit too. She's like, you go, you should play the whole nine one one call. The video starts off when she starts charging at him for being like, yo, can you put the dog on a leash? I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording. You please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. The nice calling cops. And the dog is like, yo, you're lifting me off the ground. Threatening me, right. There is an African American man. She's like, I'm not sure if you heard me, motherfucker. Threatening the dog. At this point, she's literally holding the dog like off the ground. I forgot like, about that part. And again, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, you need the whole 911 call. But regardless, nice try. Uh, good luck to you in your endeavors. You want to hear my big show. conspiracy theory hot take? Oh, hell yeah. All right. She, you know, that thing happens a year ago. She she gets famous. She gets infamous. Right. All right. That dies down. We have other things to think about. <laughs> right. She's like, all right, everyone's, you know, thinking like, all right, how do we make money off this woman? She's the most infamous person and like... There's like, you know, 10 infamous people a year. Right. I think she's trying to make a podcast, honey. Oh, she's yeah. She's keeping her name up there. Yeah. I mean, when I saw that this headline from our outline, Central Park Karen reemerges in her final form, written by uh, Miles Gray, I oh, thank you. was almost certain that she was going to be speaking at like CPAC or like some com- some like conservative convention. Like, like it's possible. Yeah. Totally. Uh, also, uh, super producer Justin uh, is pointing out that she did get her dog back. Oh, thank God. Dog was like, fuck, really? Within 10 days of the incident. Okay. So, look, look, people, everyone lost their cool, huh, Amy? Let's just, let's just call it bygones. I don't know what. I mean, this is the the crescendo to be speaking at CPAC, you know, just right. like with the McCloskeys the who are like pulling guns on protesters. And right. we were predicting, we're like, they're speaking like I was just flippantly I was like they're going to be at CPAC and yeah. they were I mean the second she starts taking it to like cancel culture or like the liberal media she's not there's no buzzwords like that quite yet but I'm sure you know that's because her TED talk breath. isn't coming out <laughs> right <laughs> right her fed up talk with all the right. conservatives <laughs> her Ted Nugent talk oh god um, all right I wanted to give a quick update on Havana syndrome Mike, do you are you familiar with what Havana syndrome is? No, and when I read this outline, this entire paragraph fucking terrified me. There's right, like so. three different points in it. That I just like broke out in tears. <laughs> <laughs> so so there were diplomats, just like the real quick thumbnail version. There were diplomats in Havana at the start of the Trump administration who started feeling like they were being hit with a sound beam, basically. Uh they were feeling like pressure changes. In their brain, they were suddenly like had vertigo, like even after the fact. I've been in between, like thinking that it's like could be a mass psychogenic illness, like basically a uh, a mass panic thing, and not because I think like people are being babies, but because I think the 
placebo effect and like the power of the mind to create actual physical symptoms in our bodies is like highly underrated. But the so the New Yorker uh, differs with me, uh, and I, I've always said they were hacks. But uh, they <laughs> they believe that this shit is going on. They kind of wrote an article that went with like the CIA take on it that they're they're being attacked by uh, probably Russia with microwave weapons. The New Yorker, the CIA is still kind of on that path, and they believe that it's actually spread now to being at people being attacked while working at the white house. And there's been like people suffering from similar symptoms. Uh, I still think the symptoms are like kind of vague and weird. And, you know, it's just very diffuse, which is, which is what I think, which is why I still kind of lean towards mass psychogenic. But, um, so what the U.S. is doing now is they're going to s- try to create these weapons because so that's the right, other because that always works that, <laughs> that always works out great so that <laughs> that's the but that's the thing that is so weird here is that science doesn't have an understanding of how a weapon like they're describing could do the thing that they're uh, claiming it does and so. Now they're going to like build weapons that they think can do this with microwaves and like train them on primates brains basically to try and recreate the symptoms, which is fucked up. So Um, do we mean like when they say microwaves, right? How close is this to the thing that, you know, you heat soup with in your kitchen? Like how, how, like what, what is, what is the the, the different differentiation there? Because I refuse to believe we have consumer technology that has not been tested for right. use as a weapon. Yeah. I refuse to believe that that is the case. Right. I th- I think they're much bigger. Like one of the criticisms of any theory that this is like a real weapon being used on people is that like you would need a thing that is the size that would take up like an entire hotel room to like create the level of like mm-hmm. radiation or microwaves that like would v- cause this sort of injury. And after it happens, they just like disappear and it like happens in all sorts of places it happens to people like while they're walking on the street it happens to people while they're driving in traffic again the white house which like you would think is pretty secure like they it's happening to people there there's also the fact that w- this is happening at the same time that we're seeing things that science can't explain happening in the sky and now apparently in the sea over the ocean and under the ocean, like the there's now a submarine data that suggests that like similar to the flying tic tacs, uh, submarine sonar has spotted things moving through water at speeds that don't make scientific sense. And so it's a weird moment where suddenly like the military is just coming out and being like, uh yeah so like we don't know but the shit is weird uh and they're doing that on like a number of fronts so you could skeptically say like they're using this as a ploy to make people scared to create like another arms race with instead of the soviet union like a imaginary threat thanos right thanos basically but it is it's still just kind of a mess like the whole story just like the reporting around it it's still scary, though. It's scary. It's very scary. These words are very scary. There's <laughs> something about increased white matter in here. I don't know what that is. What's white matter? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Like, they talk about the people who suffered the injuries 
when they examined their brain on scans, they seemed to have uh, increased white matter, which or decreased, I forget, one of the two, but it's a bad one where like the thing that connects <laughs> thoughts is not there as much as what? it should be. Oh, no, that's <laughs> right. important. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what the uh, thing you said, they were trying to re reverse engineer it and test it on primates, you yes. said? Yeah. Okay, so that's the beginning of Planet of the Apes, is it not? Right. Like, there you go. Is it that what the fuck's going to happen? Like, you're Angry like, oh, you just supercharged their brains up. Right. I don't know. There you go. That's, I just, that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. It does seem like, yeah, this would be a great origin story. Uh, at the same time, the it's probably just uh, going to make those uh, primates' lives shitty uh, for yeah, the rest for of sure. their yeah. uh, existence, like it has for the people who work in the State Department. And again, by saying mass psychogenic illness, I'm not saying this is something that they could just snap out of. I'm, Sounds like, like what you're saying. You sound like you're saying they're whiny. Yeah, exactly. And you don't get it. Yeah, stop whining. <laughs> Couldn't uh, be me. Right. <laughs> I do hope, though, that this does lead to... I just want to see a silverback gorilla rip off parking meter out of the fucking sidewalk with concrete on it and just, like, chuck it through, like, an armored sheriff's car. Yeah. You know, like, when these primates are unleashed. Yeah. I'd like to see that from afar. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm actually just... I'm just thinking up things I've seen in Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Those I first think I just two Planet that of the thing. Apes movies are dope. Yeah. I, I would suggest you watch those. those <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. Wait, movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the what? The Franco and then the uh, other one. Those are, those are pretty cool. All right. Let's take a quick break now that we're all uh, suitably terrified. And we'll be right back. And we are back, and the Olympics are almost here. Oh, my God. Which is wild. I I don't know. I guess there's usually, like, this impending media, like, cloud that seems to always be looking forward to the Olympics, and in America, at least. I don't know if that's how it is in New Zealand, guy, but, like, I... The Winter Olympics, you realize it's happening once it's started and and mm. it's on TV and people are suddenly talking about it. But the Summer Olympics, I feel like, is always a big deal with like a lead up in the media and in the sports world. Or that kind um, of yeah. Simone Biles, the greatest U.S. gymnast of all time, uh, maybe the greatest gymnast of all time, has been like doing this routine on the vault that is like unprecedented. And that's that's really the only piece of mainstream news I've seen that like kind of crossed over into the zeitgeist where I would have been like, wait, why are we talking about gymna gymnastics right. again? Oh, uh, there's an Olympics coming. Holy I also shit. realize how ignorant I am too with gymnastics because like Simone Biles just does things so effortless. I'm like, okay, yeah, that looks normal. Right, right, right. right and right. then yeah. and then I remember. I think it was like Franklin Leonard past guest or someone was like, can someone explain to me? Like, I know this is historical, this double pike Yurchenko that she just busted. But like, I don't, I, beyond just seeing that looks like just some very cool shit. Well, and then someone's like, check out Mary Lou Retton's 1984 vault that got her a perfect 10 in 84. Right. And you'll see how much the game has changed. And then you watch the two and you're like, oh, okay, right. She just came up, Mary Lou Retton just came up to the vault and then did a somersault underneath it. And that's what got her a perfect 10, <laughs> which is my my famous vault. I think routine. it was 
the the judges first time seeing a gymnast. I think that was the first event. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, wow, pretty Whoa, good. Whoa, holy shit! There's an interesting I thought experiment that. though. That if you only watched Simone Biles, then you'd be like, "God, wow, incredible! What all gymnasts can do." <laughs> right, right, right. And that is kind of how it is. That's the only thing that me, a non gymnastics follower, like really sees is the greatest like single acts of uh yeah i'm sure that's true of like all sports right? i mean it's like, like anything right like someone might watch jokic just land a weird shot and we're like yo that is difficult right to even take a yeah. shot like that or people who play you know who think soccer is easy try trapping a ball that's coming from you know <laughs> just yeah. 40 feet above your head and effortlessly just trapping the ball there are so many little skills that like yeah, that are born out of ignorance. That's why I'm just trying, especially with Simone Biles, to inform myself so wow. I can truly appreciate just how next level this shit is. What you're, what you're talking about is very exciting to me, Miles. Hopefully there's some sort of large-scale international platform where the best athletes from every country can represent <laughs> themselves and show us these different these skills. skills. Well, well, guy, you are setup. in luck, friend. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, Japan, Tokyo 2020, even though it's 2021. That's my favorite thing about these Olympics. Yeah. It's, it's like they think that no one is going to remember COVID. Like when we yeah. look back on this, we'll be like, that's right, right. Those went ahead in 2020. That, those games are going to be asterisked to hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like when you look at a, do people still look at almanacs like I used to when I was playing <laughs> in San Diego? <laughs> but the whole thing with this is like right now, Tokyo is in terrible shape. Japan is in awful shape in terms of the COVID situation. The vaccinations have like stalled out. Less than 5% of people have their first shot. Major metropolitan areas have declared states of emergency. The Osaka uh, hospital system, they said, is completely under strain, if not like on the just brink of disaster because of the amount of people that are having to be admitted. And the United States government is even telling Americans, like, don't even think about taking a trip to Japan right now. Don't even try it, even though, is yeah, that, we're the probably the worst place on Earth to go a few months ago. But don't even think about going there. Is that two Americans or American athletes? Two. Americans. Ah. Now the United States Olympics and like Paralympics committee has said, don't even think about not going. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> Simone Biles, you better get your ass on that plane because <laughs> right. we got work to do. But yeah, they, the, obviously the, the people representing the athletes believe that it's going to be a perfect bubble. No problem at all. Don't even worry about it. Meanwhile, the polling shows that even the people of Japan, look, on the other side of this, prior to it, I spoke to friends and family in Japan. They were like, oh, the Olympics are coming. That, that'll that be fun because, again, any opportunity for nationalism, Japanese people love, you know what I mean? I think like most countries. But, you know, for Japan, there's like certain sports where we really excel. So this felt like a good moment. Now, 80% of the people in Japan are against hosting the Olympics this year. 40% want a postponement. 43% want a complete cancellation. Yeah. So... You know, but since a lot of money's been made, what are we going to reprint these T-shirts? No, <laughs> the T-shirts print in twenty twenty. The T-shirts become more valuable. Yeah, right. you can, I would love if these got cancelled to get my hands on some Tokyo twenty twenty merch. <laughs> that <laughs> is a hot games. ticket. Right. Who's who? Who spearheads a cancellation? Is it the IOC? Is it the Japanese government? Like, how does how would that actually? Function? I that would have to come from the IOC because the Japanese government has not put up any resistance to the games so it's gonna take the executives for the ioc to wonder is this 
worth it? I don't know. I don't know what their calculus is. It probably does have to do with the amount of fucking merchandise that's probably been produced with the numbers 2020 on it or some shit. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I would be interesting, though, too, to see how many athletes, if any, refuse to participate. They're like, yo, this is just reckless. I'm sorry. This mm. is just this seems so reckless. It's, I don't know how I don't know if you want I mean, you want me to put myself at risk and other people like, no, nah, I'm off this. The but eth- the athletic thing. cycle of an Olympic athlete is so Yeah. Like they've got such right. a limited amount of opportunity to to be the best at what they do. And also so many of the sports that take place at the Olympics are just so you know, like they're not there's not a light on the shot on them in the three years in between every ceremony. Their careers yeah, have the life cycle of a cicada. It's like you get this yeah. one chance to come out every every four right. years. Exactly. And yeah. so, I mean, I can I can understand purely from an athletic perspective how some of these people are like, "I, God damn, I've been working so hard for this. I just want to go to the Olympics once. Like, I might be there one opportunity." Yeah. And then, but you, I mean, it. I I feel like it's it's just it's ridiculous that it's happening, and it's it sounds like yeah money drives it and if it's going to go ahead then an athlete's going to be like well i have worked towards this they're putting it on i'm not going to not go right and then it's sort of it's a similar thing happened i don't know if you guys you almost definitely don't the the ipl the indian premier league it's a t20 cricket tournament that is the most expensive in cricket it takes place every year in india Mm -hmm. and they in the face of what was ostensibly looked like the worst covid19 crisis that had happened across all of the pandemic was raging through India and then they created this biosecure bubble and like, you know, millions if not billions of dollars are being spent creating this league and you're, they're playing cricket and what is a biosecure bubble and then like it's so incongruous with the news you're reading about what's happening in India. Yeah. And then about halfway into the tournament there was a biosecure bubble breach and all of a sudden that highly contagious strain of COVID is ripping through the players and then all of them are panicking and trying to get charter flights out of the country and you know, I mean, the, India it didn't have the the facilities to you know take care of its citizens, the people who who live there. And I I I just can't have it feel like you're going to see. I mean, and I don't know if the IOC pay attention to that. They must have because it's the only other massive multinational sports league that's trying to take place in the middle of a of a, a hot spot. But yeah, it is a very damning warning and advertisement for what is almost inevitably going to happen if these guys right. go ahead. I don't know what you can do to prevent that. I mean, I think in their mind, they'll be like, forget that example. What about the NBA bubble? That worked, yeah. huh? And they're like, well, yeah. don't, that's not, hold on. So you're selectively picking anecdotal evidence yeah, to yeah. justify this. Why, Miles, is the uh, number of vaccinated people stalling at under 5%? Is there opposition to like getting vaccines or I think it's just the distribution is just distribution not should, happening yeah. uh, as efficiently as it can. But yeah, it's just, I think just getting it available has been the hardest part. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, staying on sports in American sports over the weekend, it was kind of a surreal experience where suddenly fans were back. Like the NBA playoffs kicked off over last weekend and Madison square garden in New York City, where the New York Knicks play, was packed to the gills with people like screaming and shouting and not masked up and packed to the main. Sorry, not the gills. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say. And, real horse's ass on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a golf major, and it went from 
there not being anyone on these courses like watching the tournament to like an unprecedentedly drunk <laughs> and like out of control crowd just like crowding the players and like pouring onto the course like I don't know my dad watches these I don't watch them my uh, parents are staying with us and that he was just he was like I've never seen anything like this they were like running up to the guy as he was like about to win the tournament like patting him on the back and like grabbing him and shit and he was like what is happening but it's I don't know it's it's surreal to see that many people in that small space in a world where we know that the US is not really doing like strict vaccine passport like vaccination passport mm. uh you know the the New York Knicks and the New York Nets uh Brooklyn Nets who also had full attendance or almost full attendance they had they said that there was like 90% vaccination but I don't think they're like checking people's paperwork. Maybe yeah. maybe they are, but I mean, it, I'm maybe some level. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to go to Game Three on Thursday. Of the Lakers. Of yeah, the Lakers. yeah. So we'll yeah. see. I know they just say pull up with your vax paperwork or whatever, and or like a negative PCR test from within 72 hours. But we'll see. You know. But people. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah, but it's just it. Yeah, but there is this energy though to the like the Madison Square Garden game. I could not believe what I was saying. I think it's a combination of things. It's that new. It's the the Knicks are in the postseason again. Right. I think for right. starters, mixed with just the post vax world that we find ourselves in. But yeah, it's it's. I mean, people are able to switch it up real quick. I'm like just now being like a little bit more like yeah, fuck it, baby. I'm I'm feeling feeling safer ish. Yeah, I mean mm. the like. Uh, I flew back east over the weekend and everything is like fully masked up. And like, you know, when you're inside the airport, when you're on the plane, like you have to be wearing a mask the whole time. Still, somebody ordered like two drinks in a row and the flight attendant was like, uh, why don't we take a break? Because you need to put your mask back on because you've had it off, like having this drink for hey, like, five maybe minutes. Maybe I need straight. another one. <laughs> I, think there was all, I think that was also at, at play. But the situation's so bad on airplanes. I'm surprised you didn't see some shit go down. Because didn't a flight attendant get her, or I don't know if it was uh, who the who got the flight attendant got their teeth knocked out on a flight yeah. recently. But that people is people are so out of pocket. But they're still like making everybody wear their masks. You know, I didn't. I I had a you know a fake thing covering it. Conscientious cause... objector <laughs> card that I held up. Sir, uh it is my right. Uh all right, get off asshole. Get this asshole <laughs> off. He's saying some kind of body provenance weird shit. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But it's just funny that the place that they are letting people like finally experience the being in public without a mask is like this just the most unhinged <laughs> like emotional environment where like it's encouraged to just lose your mind on the refs and the opposing players like the the Knicks game they were like chanting swears at like this young Trey Young <laughs> Trey Young this guy was like really good player young and he kid him. yeah and he did sh tell them to shut guy, the guy what's up it been like for you man because I know you've been really quiet during this whole section because probably because you haven't I know New Zealand's in a bad place you guys haven't had crowds in a minute so this probably well, sounds I, like found fantasy talk yeah, to you yeah <laughs> we can only dream I <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we've had crowds at sports games since I feel like maybe July or August last year. And um, the plan was to um, 
it was elimination. It means that, you know, right. watching these American sports games and stuff and you see people like all these people who are clearly pissed up and packed in close proximity <laughs> to people who presumably they didn't come to the game with, with a mask hanging around their chin or right. off an ear or like holding it to gesticulate. <laughs> Just waving germs everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. No one's wearing masks at the stadiums because the only like you have to wear masks on public transport. You have to wear masks on airplanes. But in the airport, you're not wearing a mask. Like I don't actually know what the functionality of it is. And you know, it seems crazy to me that you wouldn't wear one all the way through the airport if you've got this this sort <laughs> right. of idea. But um, just on the plane. Yeah, but so no. I mean, there's. We've even recently we've started playing um. There was a Super Rugby Aotearoa competition, which was like just within national borders. There are five franchises who, who play rugby against each other. And then in the last two weeks, we've got an open travel bubble with Australia now. So quarantine-free travel between the two countries. And we've started playing uh, Super Rugby Australasia, I think is what it's called, or whatever. And now we're playing international matches and you're watching sports games in Australia where, again, people aren't wearing masks. But it, I mean, it's like going to a sports game was the first, one of the first things I did when we got let out of lockdown. And it was like the the sense of, I can viscerally remember the intensity and the relief and the excitement and just, you know, being in, in a crowd and all of that emboldened and underscored by the fact that we knew that we had isolated, like that, you know, we had eliminated COVID-19 and so, yeah. yeah the consequence was not there, but I think it's, it's just too, di I mean, your guys experience of it and your relationship to it is so different. I, I can't imagine <laughs> right. how difficult it would be to go to an NBA game. If you're in New York and you support the Knicks and you're at Madison square garden for the first time, what <laughs> 10 years or something. And you've just gotten out of your house for the first time in two years. Right. Yeah. You got to remember to fucking keep a mask over your, your mouth. Right. Like yeah. Trey young probably can't hear you. The only way that you're going to get through to him is if you can read your lips yeah <laughs> right yeah it's it's a it's the assumed responsibility keeps getting passed down to the individual like yeah. it's it's yeah the same thing with just like with the cbc's bizarre like mask mandates we're like i don't yeah if you should well actually i don't know maybe if well how old's your kid and it's like yeah, wait, yeah. what are the fucking rule what the fuck right. y'all are the oh forget it essentially as a way to let businesses put it on businesses now to say that's on you to decide because we don't we don't want to be the boogie person anymore for the chamber yeah. of commerce who is allowed, like these politicians are allowing, allowing them to put more pressure on us and the other people who are trying to do right by this pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And also just box office continues to be, you know, it's not fully there, but it does seem like the people who are releasing movies are getting a better return than like the wrath of man, Jason Statham's new movie is going to be the best performing Jason Statham movie to date, despite being like almost indistinguishable from uh, other Jason Statham I movies to a non-Statham head. Yeah, I, I'm not going to sit by while you poo-poo the filmography of the great Jason Statham. <laughs> <I'd>, <laughs> but like the Met, you couldn't get, I could not tell you the difference between The Wrath of Man and The Mechanic 2. Uh, like in terms the Mechanic of the Mechanic 2? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Well, one of them's a sequel for a start. <laughs> yeah, my bad. But it's just, I feel like people, studios are probably realizing that they're leaving money on the table if they're continuing to not release movies. Like, there's just no competition, so you can really, like, do well. Mm. 
And Demon Slayer is continuing to. It's now made $45 million in America alone and is the biggest movie ever in Japan with uh, $400 million. And it's the biggest grossing movie of 2020. Wait till Fast 9 comes out, Jack. Yeah. Then we'll start seeing. You know what I mean? Because the family, man, when your family... Or whatever the fuck that line. What is it? Olive. When you're here, your family. Maybe that's yeah. Olive Garden, not Fast and Furious. Yeah. But it's I'm <laughs> the, I, the I two share words. remarkable thematic yeah. similarities. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I the, like the energy around that Fast and Furious movie though is kind of funny to see. Like even though it seems jokey, but this does feel like a good time for a movie like that to come out in the U.S. for at least the people who want to be safe and go to theater. But. Yeah, yeah. In, maybe that in New Zealand, they've been playing. I'm sure they're doing it in America too. You can go to the cinema and watch all the fast films at the moment. They're just rolling them out. Oh, really? It's so cool. Yeah, they, don't, yeah. they haven't done that. That sounds no. great. That's a great, great idea. Hype. Damn it! Because you can't really understand America. <laughs> yeah, you can't understand F9 if you haven't recently well, taken yeah. an F1 through it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> do i need to know the past material to understand this installment uh yes uh, idiot. what do you think you're gonna you're gonna make sense of a flying car and from the fucking sky no yeah it's a it was a light crescendo to this point it's it's less about the flying car and more about the relationships between the people in the car in the flying cars <laughs> right, right, right. oh see so you just oh, so you're hung up on the car part and in, in the air <laughs> yeah. what about the air between the characters exactly. and what's contained within and if people uh, watch one through eight and have questions about why someone who always talks about family, uh, the Vin Diesel character who's obsessed with family, never mentioned his brother before this one. Mm. Yeah. You know. Oh, he has a, a brother in this one? Yeah, bro. John Cena. He should have oh, also yeah. mentioned his brother as John Cena. That's a fucking big deal. That's uh, that's an interesting casting decision. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, Guy, have you is F9 out in New Zealand? No, no, not yet. Are you just treating New Zealand like a fantasy world? Like, is, is Fast and Furious <laughs> yeah, yeah. 10 already out there? <laughs> oh, man. And there's no COVID. That's cool. Although it's probably not as big a deal to have flying cars there since you actually have flying cars in New Zealand, yeah. right? Mm. We do. <laughs> and the horsepower on them is something uh, oh, man. unfathomable. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He, he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.